This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. It's always been the desire, the heart of God to be one with us in the garden with Adam and Eve. The Lord walked with them in the cool of the day. He came down to be born a manger, to be with people, to be with man, to die with man, and he prepares a place for us. All of scripture is one long love letter from God. Today, Pastor Eddie is going to share one part of that love letter with you. God is lovesick over you, longing to be with you, and he's been telling the story of his love over and over all through history. In the garden, he came to be with Adam and Eve. He came as a baby in a manger to be with his people. And now, he is preparing a place for you and for me, so that he can be with us through eternity. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. As he continues his message, the sun made lower than angels. The Lord said, be holy, therefore, because I am holy. And you think about, well, that's a tall order. Yes, it's impossible. But through Christ, we can precisionally who we are, holy, precisionally righteous, precisionally we are sanctified, but practically we need to do our part, okay? We need to honor God in being holy, being righteous, and being sanctified. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit alone. There's nothing you can do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says this, by, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once all. Romans chapter 15 verse 16 that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable sanctified by the Holy Spirit is the work of the Holy Spirit as a matter of fact the moment that you accept Jesus Christ you've been justified justified by faith justified and sanctified by the Holy Spirit and so here in the context, the idea is that we're being made holy, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 11 says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. The writer of Hebrews now is going to quote Psalm 22 in verse 12. I will declare your name to my Brethren, in the midst of the assembly, I will sing praises to you. We can be one with Jesus Christ. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what he has done. He chose to identify with us, to be with us, and it's through the cross that we will be made one. And because we are children of God, sons of God, we have the same father, if you will. Now, I kind of find it weird for me because when we think about brethren, we've been hurt by brethren, not all. Uh, we think of God as a friend. You know, we've been hurt by friends, not all. But, you know, it's like I can't put God in that category. 
But just to think, there is no true friend in Jesus. There is not a better brethren than Jesus Christ. And this has always been the heart of God, is to be one with the people he created, the ones that he died for, the ones he loved. You remember when Jesus uh, rose from the grave, Mary was there in the garden trying to look for Jesus. Where is Jesus' body? And there he is, poof, Jesus, the resurrected Christ. He, she clings on to Jesus, and Jesus tells us this in John chapter 20, verse 17. Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my Father. But this is what he says. John 20, verse 17. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascended to my Father, your Father, and to my God, your God. Here we have the first missionary. It's a woman, Mary. Go. (laughs) Go. Go tell my brethren, go tell the disciples that I'm ascending to my father, your father. In fact, this is Jesus' prayer. You know, we know, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's just the Lord's instruction. But in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed, and it was his heart desired that we be one. In John chapter 17, verses 21 and 22, Jesus said, pray this, said that they all may be one, speaking of you and I, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. It's always been the desire, the heart of God to be one with us in the garden with Adam and Eve. The Lord walked with them in the cool of the day. He came down to be born in a manger, to be with people, to be with man, to die with man. And he prepares a place for us. You know, as much as you're trying to get rid of yourself from God, God is always there. Even those that are running away from God, he still is calling them by the Spirit. Even those who have rejected Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is still working to bring conviction so that they will come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, what, one thing about verse 11 that kind of stands out to me is this. It says, he is not ashamed to call me brethren. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of me. I'm ashamed of myself. I looked at the mirror and said, boy, you know, but he's not ashamed to call you brethren. The question is, are you ashamed of him? Are you ashamed of Jesus when you go to work? Do you talk about Jesus Christ? Or do you hold back? Or you're just ready to be stoned? (laughs) But can you just say Jesus? I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of Jesus with your neighbors, family members, co-workers, those that you go to school with? He's not ashamed of you. We shouldn't be ashamed of him. It tells us in Mark chapter 8, verse 38, for whoever, Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in glory of his father with the holy angels. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Every religion are willing to die for their God. Their God is dead. Their God is not alive. But we, have a, we worship and serve the true living God. We shouldn't be ashamed. Maybe it's how we live. Are you living for Christ? 
you know, I just was looking at a study. This person brought this out and it really made me think. You know, when we, we look at the commandments, thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. And quite often people think, well, if you, you, you stub your toe, you hurt yourself, and you use God's name or you use it with a curse. But it's more than that. Are you living for Jesus where you are using his name in vain? You are a Christian. You're part of Christ and how you live your life. Are you offending God? Are you using the Lord's name in vain? Something to think about. Something to think about. He's not ashamed of you, nor should we be ashamed of him. I can't be ashamed of one that loves me more than anybody in the world. I can't be ashamed of one that died on the cross for me. I can never be ashamed of the one that prepared a place for me. I can never be ashamed of one who is mindful of me. And he's mindful of each and every one of us. Verse 13, he says, and again, quoting Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, I will put my trust in him. And again, He's quoting Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. Here am I and the children who God has given me. The thought here in verse 13 and 13 is that we are made members of the common family of Jesus Christ with the Father, and we have one Father. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Paul writes this, The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The world has this thing, thing that, oh, we're all God's children. No, that's a misconception. That is not biblical at all. They're God's creation through the rib of Adam. Then there's those who are born again through the rib of Christ, through the blood of Christ, who are God's children. And the only ones that are God's children, those have repented and have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, accepted as Lord of person, and are born again, not out of the rib of Adam. That's God's creation but out of Jesus Christ. We are God's children. Verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He became flesh and blood. The word became flesh. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Jesus Christ did not take on the nature of an angel to save angels. <laughs> the topic here is about angels. No, he became man to save man. Also, it's through his death to destroy the power of death, and that is the devil. Jesus Christ not only tested death, tasted death, but he also conquered death. He conquered death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55. Paul writes this to the church of Corinth. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The answer is nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. Christ conquered death. Now, obviously, he's speaking a spiritual death. We all will die one day. Every single one of us. Our time is click is ticking. And God has that time where your body, your spirit needs to leave your body. Hope you're ready, because you only have one chance. You only have one chance. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the writer of Hebrew writes this, and as it is appointed for man to die once, you're not becoming into a, turning into a butterfly or eagle or whatever, 
You die once, but after this, the judgment. We will st- all stand before the Lord. There was a beam of seat, and there's a great white throne of judgment. We're all going to bow our knees and call him Lord, whether as Lord or as judge. I want to say Lord of Lords as Lord, not as judge. However, there are those that God has allowed to not see death, and we see that in Scripture. Enoch was one, Elijah, and those who would be raptus, or in the Latin Vulgate, that is raptus. The Greek word is harpazio. We know it in the English word, caught up. There's not one single word for caught up. It's one word in the Greek, harpazo, and in the Latin, it's raptus. So people say, hey, that word rapture is down in the Bible, depending what version you're reading. In the Latin, it's raptus. That's what we do. So there are those who would be caught up, would be raptured to be with God. And that's what Paul said. We who are alive will be caught up with those. And so praise the Lord to Jesus Christ that he conquered death. And for those who are born again, you, don't, you won't see death. Well, your body would, but you'll live eternally. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The question is, do you believe this? I believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly. I don't deserve it, but I believe it. Jesus conquered and destroyed the power of the devil, the power of death. Verse 14, and through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Satan always used the fear of death to enslave man, but not for the believer in Jesus Christ. That is the hope we have. I know Judy sometimes gets mad because, hey, I can't wait to be with Jesus. (laughs) I just can't wait. You know, I envy those that passed on to be with the Lord and knows the Lord. They say, man, you're lucky. (laughs) Well, not lucky. We don't believe in luck, but you know what I mean. How blessed you are. (laughs) I can't wait to close my eyes. And then the first thing that once I open my eyes, I see Jesus. That's how it is. But you see, those who do not know Jesus... They have this fear of death. There's an uncertainty. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? Where would I go? There's even a sense of meeting the creator that probably years ago, they probably said, I can't wait when I get to heaven. Well, I'm going to tell God. You're not going to tell him anything. You're going to fall flat on your face in fear of God. But there's a fear that they will meet or stand before the Lord. You know, for the believer in Jesus Christ, when we die physically, it's only the beginning. Only the beginning of eternal life. Eternal life. You know what that, you know what eternal, you know when it ends? It doesn't. <laughs> it, eternal is eternal. Think about it. Now, I don't want to live eternally here in this body on earth. You know, when I read the lives of Methuselah, 969, oh, you know, 600, 500 years, oh, thank you, Lord, for the flood, thank you, whatever you did, <laughs> ozone later, whatever it is that caused us to live, no longer, well, for me, that is, thank you, Jesus. And we get to heaven and have a glorified body, the way it was attended in, when you look at the new heaven and new earth, and you look at Genesis, 
how God created everything? That garden is, you know, the tree of life, it's going to be in Revelation. And then you have a new earth. There was two trees, tree of life, tree of the knowledge, good and evil, right? Adam and Eve took that one. They found that one to be a little bit more appealing than the other one. But the tree of life is in heaven. It's all going to be new. We can't put, you know, I was sharing this in my mother's funeral. I said, you know, people have this perception of what heaven is. If it's not in the Bible, listen, don't believe it. Even the out-of-body experience or the near-death experience, be careful with those. Paul said he didn't know whether he was absent. He doesn't know. He said, but to describe what he saw, considered a crime. And if he didn't write it down, who are we? If you could put to words the things that are earthly to describe something in heaven, it's not heaven. But it's a new heaven and new earth. Everything will be new. No pain, no suffering. No bad breath, no pimples, no bad hair. It's going to be glorious. I'm going to have a lot of hair. I'm going to be a foot taller. It's going to be great. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be in the presence with the Lord. Verse 16 said, for indeed, he does not give aid to angels. God does not, Christ does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Now, keep this in mind. He's writing to Jewish believers, Hebrews. But the seed of Abraham, who are they? The Jews and also you and I. Well, that's what Paul said, Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. He said, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Grafted in, that's when the Lord made that promise to Abraham. He said, I'll make you a father of many nations, plural, not a nation, nations, plural. Uh, the Ishmaelites, that was a mess, right? Hagar, uh, you know, Isaac, and those of faith. That's why we call him Father Abraham. Paul makes it clear. We've been grafted in. Romans chapter 11 verse 17 tells us. We're grafted in with this wild olive branch being grafted in into this olive branch. Verse 17 and 18. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, like you and I, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Do you understand that? Don't ever think that what you're going through, what you're being tempted with, that Christ does not understand. Christ understands everything because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, 16, the writer writes this, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points, not some of the points, all points, even the worst thing that you could think of, was tempted as we are, yet, here's the difference, Without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. He understand. He identified with us. He became one of us. He knows the temptation you're going through. 
He can't say that he knows that you're dealing with or struggling with because Jesus never struggled with sin. He was tempted, but he never fell into temptation because the difference is this. There's not, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to fall into temptation. If you're tempted, don't think you sin. No, it's when you do it, you follow through with it, you sin. And it goes further than that because, you know, we just think, oh, I didn't commit adultery. No, if you commit adultery in your heart, Jesus said you committed adultery. If you committed murder in your heart, you committed murder. So your heart, you need to put your heart in check. And your mind, your mind and your heart is only 18 inches apart. 18 inches apart. Be careful what you have in here, what you think about. God knows what you think about. Satan cannot read your mind. Well, the Bible doesn't say that, but God knows what your thoughts. Keep every thought captive. Don't entertain it. Because if it gets here, this is, the, this is the sequence. From a thought becomes an action. You think about drugs, becomes an action. Now you're going to take, take the drug. Thought, action, then after you take the drug, it becomes a habit. Thought, action, habit. Habit, destiny. Could be death. It all starts here. You need to, don't think about things that are evil, Paul tells us, ponder what is righteous, what is all the things that are good, Paul tells us. Be careful. Listen, don't let it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're tempted, you have a high priest that understands. He understands. He understands. He knows. We can go, and he says, go boldly to the throne of grace. That doesn't mean arrogantly. It just means you have unlimited access to the throne of God. You can come to him and say, Lord, I'm dealing with this. I want to learn how to fight this, to not fall into temptation. As Jesus did when he was tempted, what did he do? He used scripture. You have this temptation? Go to the high priest. Use scripture. That was, that was Jesus' arsenal, the word of God. But it is written. Oh, why don't you turn these stones into bread? It is written. The enemy tries to tempt you? It is written. Go to the Father. Go to Jesus Christ. This is the reason why he came. He became like one of us, ultimately to save us. That is why he went to the cross. We have a high priest that can sympathize with us, that knows he's merciful, he loves you. He became like you. He calls you brethren. He calls you friend. We can go to God anytime, anywhere, with anything. He loves you. He refused to leave you where you are. He wants you to grow in Him. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to uh, fellowship with you. And he wants, he, he wants to build you up to be more and more like Him. That's the goal. Amen? Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. 
If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.